welcome to Playing Favorites. I'm Justin. And I'm Paul. What's going on, Paul? It's been a while since we've done this. How you doing? Yes, I enjoyed our, our, our week off to celebrate the birth of our nation. Even though that was like, we already had episodes since then, it just, it feels like it's we've had a week off because we did that episode a long time ago. Yes, <laughs> so nice, so nice to have a week off. Um, I, and, and what's funny is when we were recording our last episode, our favorite Mario game, I was like, Remember, I, w- I was thinking we were recording it on Wednesday night. I was like, wow, God, we got a lot of work to do to get this ready for tomorrow. And you reminded me like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're off. We're off yeah, tomorrow. Yep, we just were Phew. getting it out of the way. <laughs> that was a welcome relief, I'll tell you. Um, so what, what was a favorite thing that happened to you this past week, Justin? Um, I mean, I beat, I beat um, uh, Mario Maker 2, if you want to call that. Uh, is there really like, I, I wanted to ask you, is there like a campaign to it? Oh well, yeah. There's like a story mode. Uh, I mean, it's it's nothing like to to you know to go crazy about. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much you you are builder Mario, and they a castle blows up because the eraser dog accidentally erases everything, and and you have to rebuild the castle. By, so what you have to like build levels to, no, to build no, the castle, no, you or just, you just play levels to get collect coins to then pay the people? It's a union. It's it's, it's hilarious because like the, the dialogue, oh like, it's like they make comments how like the chief is like overworking them, and then the chief is like, yeah, I blame the union. They're always going on breaks all the time, and like. <laughs> Oh my and, god, I didn't, but, but didn't expect actually, like a working class struggle, but, but you know, portrayed getting, in Mario Maker 2. They're actually just getting kidnapped by like the like Bowser's like like children. And like, oh, okay. But like it, it's right. not it's not like a world map. You're just sort of it, it was actually kind of fun. Like you 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 you'll build a level. You you pick a part of the castle you want to build. You pay them the coins to build it, but then it has like a time or timer on it. And then you have to beat X amount of levels to then make that timer move. But then as you're building that part of the castle, you can buy, build another part of the castle with the coins. And it's just like, you know, in the cycle. And it was fun. I mean, the levels are really coolly designed, but pretty awesomely designed. I mean, it kind of teaches you how to build levels, too, because you can see how they built the levels with the game. Oh, you know? so it's sort of way of like, it's like It's like, oh, wow, you can do that in the level to do, you know, to build your own levels and stuff. Um, I, w- I wonder like that. I wonder how much of it is like um, because I've never, I've only ever seen uh, like the levels you know that people have made. I've never actually tried to make my own level in either uh, Mario Maker one or two. I always wondered like, do they come with like presets and you can kind of like tweak them? Like, do they come with basically like uh, like uh, like how involved is it? Is it complete blank canvas and you build it no, from you, the ground up? I mean, you, it's blank, blank grids canvas, and then there's a, a theme you pick, and then you just kind of throw things in. But they, they have tutorials of, like, you know, how to do this. And and then, you honestly, what's interesting about making the level is because as you're making it, you just push a button and then play it. So, like, as you're making the little path, you're playing it to see how it feels. It's sort of a weird way of making something. It's like, oh, I'm going to make this section. All right, let me play it to see how the jumps work to see what things I messed up. Yep. And like I remember, like I was making a level the other day where I have like Bowser Jr., which you can I made gigantic, and he is like a part of this boss area where I had boxed uh-huh. off so that you have to fight him, um, and then you get a key and then you can open a door. But what I had used these like uh, stone blocks as the barrier, so like and like I, I as you're fighting, he's doing his spin attack and he's breaking the wall, 
So like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. These little like unexpected things, yeah. Like you didn't know he could destroy that. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's, yeah, that, that's 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 the thing I did. That was that that was fun uh, because the rest of my time off I was remodeling and that was okay. But you know, so that's good. How that's how good. was your how was your week off, Paul? Oh, my week off was glorious. Um, I <laughs> I spent a lot of time relaxing. Um, actually we had, we had, um, my son's birthday party and then the, after, uh, you know, the days after that of just like recovering and, you know, getting back to normal, uh, we had family visiting for quite a while. And, um, actually the, the best part of my week was, uh, yeah, I think today, today is really the best part of my week. Cause it was like the first day, it was the first day that, um, back to complete normalcy. Everything is back to complete uh, normal, normalcy or normality. Um, but yes, things are settling back into place like they used to be, nice. which is very nice. It's a it's a it's a kind of calm and quiet around the house that I sorely missed. Mm. But yes, gotcha. yes. Justin, well, why don't you tell them what we do around here? Well, of course. I mean, we just sit here and talk about our daily lives. That's what we mm-hmm. do. But but in the meantime, welcome to but, talking, Justin and Paul. Um, but we also we we like to uh, you know pick our favorite things and talk about them and, uh, and why we like them so much. And I totally messed up the script, but you can keep telling them what we do. That's right. We every week we pick a category, we do some research, and we try to talk each other through why we like something so much. <laughs> yep, there's no rules to this, even though I made one last week. You traitor, and... <laughs> traitor! Isn't that what the guy from uh, Force Awakens says? Yes. Traitor. Yes, and also Kylo Ren, which I thought I didn't. I didn't realize that until I watched. You know, the, I gotta later. say, I on a side note, I like that part. Of, both of those parts of the movie, whenever traitor. they see Finn, they're like traitor because it's like, <laughs> what would happen if a stormtrooper defected? You know, very, very cool, very I cool. I think Phasma says it too um, uh, later on in the, the traitor. Lesson. Yes, but anyways, <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, we uh, uh, we you know we pick our favorite favorite topic, but before we get started here. Uh, oh, we we don't know. We didn't tell people what our favorite topic, actually, favorite topic no. today is. Uh, uh, sequel, favorite favorite sequel. That's right. We are going to talk about our favorite thing that comes after the original thing, <laughs> what, in in whatever form that may be. It may be movies. I, I looked into a lot of sequel albums because surprisingly there are there are many out there that I that I've forgotten about. Um, a few came to mind doing research for this, but anyways, mm-hmm. before we before we get into that. Let's warm up with a quick surprise topic. Um, it's something that I just, it, it's a conversation that we have thought of before, and it's something that I would like to use this episode now to, to talk about. And my question to you, Justin, is what is your favorite standalone movie that you think deserves a sequel? Oh, deserves a sequel. That deserves that. a sequel. All right. So a standalone movie, uh, science fiction, romantic comedy, whatever you like. <laughs> But you feel that deserves a sequel, and I, I think you've you've actually never maybe somebody didn't just agree with me on this one, but the first one that always comes to mind, and it's more because I'm surprised there hasn't been a sequel than anything else. And personally, I love the movie Standalone. Is the Fifth Element? Yep, yep, yep. Now I <laughs> now I just recently, well, not a little while ago saw something that was like the the director of the film the fifth element or the guy that like you know was the visionary behind the fifth element he just made a movie and i guess it flopped pretty hard 
It didn't do so well. The fifth element uh, didn't do well? No, 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 not the fifth element. A, oh. a, a, a new project by the same visionary director. Oh, okay. And they were they were lauding it as like, oh, this is his next project. It's going to be huge. And it went nowhere. I could not even tell you the name of this thing. It was like so it, it like fell into obscure uh, into obscurity really quickly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would love to just see another film in that universe. I just want to see people playing with those with with, with that, that, that that kind of storytelling, you know? Oh, I know what it is. What is it? What, what's it's the, the name? Valer- Valerian. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, I remember Luke... seeing the trailer for that in the theater and being yeah. like, "Wow, that movie's going nowhere." Yeah, it's a Luke Luke Besson is. The oh, Luke Besson. Luke Besson. Yeah, Besson, yeah. Ever. I don't know. It's probably Besson, and I'm making it very, you know, <laughs> European. Luke Besson. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember people were excited, like, "Oh, he's doing a new movie. You know, it's going to be like." Maybe it's going to be a franchise, and I think they had like there was the potential for sequels in the works for this Valerian uh, film because I believe it's based on books. But uh, anyway, it it, it, it didn't it didn't go anywhere. It didn't do well domestic or international. Oh, the Valerian is based on books, right? Is that what yes. You're yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking the Fifth Element was, but I don't think that was. I think that was all, no. That was all movie. That's such a good. I would movie. I would love to see. Yeah, I would love to see another Fifth Element. Uh, style movie, like something back in that universe. Yes, yeah, they, they don't need to. They don't need to remake it either. Like I don't feel like I hope that's not what happens because I mm-hmm. feel like that movie. It like I mean, granted, it has some weird CGI from that era, yeah, but, but like it's it, just it, so it hold, weird. It holds up. But you don't need that. That's what works. I mean, because it's like you have like the weird uh, uh, changeling creatures. I don't know what you want to call those things. Yes. But, uh, but it just it, there's just so many amazing moments, and like it's really a nice little parody of like modern day society at the same time it's so weird and the 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 uh, the chemistry with bruce Willis and mia Djokovic in that movie is like phenomenal mm-hmm. i just i love mm-hmm. the way they they interact and then like i because i've seen that movie a lot i because I, I was like i love yeah the side characters in that make that make that movie too i love chris tucker in it i love mm-hmm. um what's his name gary oldman as the yep Villain with a Texas drawl that doesn't you know, do anything in the whole movie, really. He just like gets he angry. He just yells about it. Yeah, he just gets angry and like points at things and shoots things sometimes. And he's like, just yelling with his big, thick Texas accent, which is just <laughs> excellent in this, you know, futuristic sci fi world. You know, it's like, yes, of course, that would, of, of course, a giant Texas accent would survive, you know, into the year 3000. Of course, it would. <laughs> but yeah, I just like the just the society that they they created in that world and like it seemed to all make sense there was nothing like that it was weird but it wasn't like oh why is that here it's like it all seemed to connect because i had like yeah. this sense of like you know yeah. uh our world in there because yeah mcdonald's references and all that mm-hmm. stuff but like it, it was such a it, it was like taking star trek to a different direction because like star trek is based in our world as well but that's a, a different a completely different take on what oh yes would be like this is like, you know, this is like the true version of like science fiction in the United States. It's like capitalism, like crazy, making yep. money and just like stupid politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really like like stupid bureaucracy that like mires everything down. And then you have this like, uh, oh, what's it? I love that the president is, by the way, like what's his name? Tiny, uh, Tiny Lister is the guy who played Zeus in the No Holds Barred movie with uh, Hulk Hogan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love that he's the president. I also love the fact that cigarettes in this universe are three quarters of them are filter, and the last quarter is the actual cigarette. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, like it's the, the little details, as you're saying, like it, it felt like a natural progression. It's like, oh, uh, this is what would happen in the future. People are still going to smoke, but this is what they're going to be smoking. You yep. know? Yep. And then and like it, just like the 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 the, the, the um the weirdness of people's dress, like their hats and like, just mm-hmm. like the, how like, it's like stupid plasticky things. Like, it's just like, I got to tell you, man, you look around, like, like go watch a, a concert now. Like, yep. a, no, I know. And, and, and you, and you'd be like, Hmm, this is kind of fifth elementy. And you gotta, we gotta wonder, was the fifth element an influence on those uh, designers or was it uh, like prophetic? Was it saying like, yeah, this is the way that yeah. uh, dress and style is going to go. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, very good. I would love another uh, uh, movie in that. I, I, that's like the only one that really kind of comes to mind. Did you have another one, or is that what you were thinking too? One that I would just be interested to see what they would do with it, and that's a sequel to Gattaca. We haven't talked about that on this podcast, but we've talked about it together before. It's a it's a very like hard sci fi kind of film. I, I, you mentioned. Do you, it. Do you remember never, this? Never, have I've you seen it? I never saw it. Oh, it's it's a uh, Ethan Hawke, um, yep, Uma Thurman, and uh, Jude Law is in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jude Law, best death scene ever. I will just say, if those okay. of you who have seen it, I won't spoil it for you. It's like a thirty-year-old movie at this rate, but come on. Anyways, he, he basically 30, burns. Not thirty years old. It's like twenty-five years old. We were not six years old when this movie came out. <laughs> well, probably like twelve. I don't know. It's it's in its it, this movie is in its twenties. That's for sure. Yeah, it can vote and it can drink. Uh, <laughs> so, Gattaca is um, it's basically about like a society of like a segregated society of the future where like either you're a basically a chosen person, like a perfected person, like in your genes, in your dress. Like li- literally, like and when I say jeans, not not your your blue jeans, like literally your G E N E S, like your DNA, um, and you and you're following Ethan Hawke's character, which is basically he's basically a um, uh, I don't know, he's he's not like he's kind of like he was born sickly, he's not tall and handsome like his brother, um, but he still has like the will to overcome those things and he eventually like fools the system and makes it onto you know like uh, eventually to like uh, be a part of this like space program and 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 takes off at the very end of the film to to go on like this um, manned space expedition and you know they like throughout the whole movie it's all about like no you can't do this it's impossible and the mm-hmm. the great lengths he has to take to hide his identity because he's basically borrowing somebody else's identity like he can't leave behind a fingerprint or like a, a, like literally an, an an eyelash, a fingernail. Like he's got a he, he like cleans everything, um, at his desk in his home. It's it's wild. It's wild. It, it's such an interesting look, but it, it's a very um I think a, a good movie for people to watch now because it has a lot to do with genetic engineering, and people who make the choice to genetically engineer their babies and people who refuse to um i don't know it's just a it's just an interesting conversation i'd love to see maybe not necessarily a sequel but like another film kind of like the fifth element like another film in that universe like i'd like to see another story in that uh in that same setting but yeah 
If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Came out in 1997, by the way. So yes, it can drink and smoke cigarettes. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna kick yourself. I'm gonna say one more. Oh boy, what, what, what is it? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna regret asking this question. It deserves a sequel. Okay, what? Dark City. <laughs> <laughs> no, said no one ever. Said, said on. me all day long. You really wanted a sequel to that? Wasn't, wasn't it perfect in and of itself to you? I, I guess I would prefer. I guess I would like a prequel. I guess would be a more clear answer. But it deserves one focused another... completely on Kiefer Sutherland's character. <laughs> yes. With all the backstory. I love that movie, and I know you don't get it, and you never will understand it. It's not that I don't get it. It's just shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. It was the... I do do approve of your... I remember at the time, I didn't agree, but I do approve of your um, comparison when you said, this movie is like The Matrix before The Matrix. Yes. And that it was, you know, this idea of like uh, false consciousness and, you know, playing around with that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I can appreciate that. But when you have that little kid and they go, he bites. And uh, <laughs> if I mean, anybody's ever seen Dark City, how, I mean, come how, on. How, how many come movies on. have we Help seen that have, have, have really, really cheesy moments in that era? I mean, I'm like, I and guess then, I they just... paint, then they cut to the kid and he's like opening and closing his mouth like he's. Yum, 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 like nomming on something. <laughs> I'm like, who directed this movie? It's mostly a really famous director, and from what I remember, I can't remember who did. It. Are you sure that Are you sure that we didn't make this movie on accident? And no, no, it was like in the was, future, hey, and we like sent sent and, it back in time. And I told you, Roger Ebert made this his favorite movie of the year. Okay, like I remember this. He's been known to make mistakes. I know he does, but I'm just saying. <laughs> No, he has pretty good taste, I will say. <laughs> uh, but that was in the, what, in the glorious year of 1998 when yeah, that movie a, came a year, out? a year after Gattaca. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was a complete guess on my part. I knew it was around that same time. I, but... I just looked it up. As th- I seriously just saw it. But no, uh, the director... But that was, a real, that was a real dead zone of movies, though, really, like the uh... late 90s. Like, not until you do the early 2000s do you get, you get the first Spider-Man flick, you get, you know a little bit of a sea change in the, in the film, in the film universe, but there is a, a certain amount of dead, uh, or, or just terrible sci-fi well, around just, that time. It, the science fiction was trying to, you know, use the new technology of CGI. And I think sometimes Oof. it just kind of, it came off the wrong way. I think they had some cool concepts like the, the like dark city's concept was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the thing I liked about dark city is to add one more thing. It's just like the, the style, the style of like the film noir esque, like you know, some cinematography of it. Mm-hmm. I know it had like weird things in it, and I think that was the point. But I just liked how they had this weird, sort of like built city that uh, had a kind of a film noir look to it. I don't know. I just appreciated it from that angle. But yeah, the God director. What? I'm thinking I have to watch this again sometime. Oh. I'm gonna like try and give it give it the old college try again and see if it's <laughs> if it's improved. I think I because I remember when the, 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 when we that was when we first started knowing each other too and like that was me like trying to hype things up to you and then you yeah there's a, there's you. a list of those <laughs> but uh, the director the director made the crow oh okay same director all right so he's Alex, got a style to him Alex Pro- Proyas I don't know I think they say you say his name okay all right yeah. 
But anyways, I think that's a, that was a very good surprise topic. Thank you. Okay. Well, you're very welcome. I am I am extremely warmed up because you can let me talk about Dark City. <laughs> you're all hot and bothered now talking about your favorite movie, Dark City. <laughs> I'm afraid that I might like it even just a little bit if I watch it again, so I'm not going to watch it again. Because you showed it to me at a time in, in, in my life where I just hated most things. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> just on well, principle. I, 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 think just... You, I think it wasn't just you that watched it with us. I think it was one of like, I think like, uh, I'm sure one of the... A many, friend of ours. But one of the many friends of the groups of friends that you hung out with when I met you. Let's put it that way. Because we're going to stop name dropping people. Yes, and, and <laughs> trying to uh, like convince people of the things that you... That, like, I, I just remember, there were, there were a few times where I just remember being in your... Uh, being at your house, you putting something on, and, and me looking at you like, really? This? This is what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 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 when we talk about, I don't know, if we ever get to, like, favorite RPGs, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what you did to me. I, but, almost, uh, I almost brought up the boss in our first, second episode, but go go ahead. We can we can save it for later. Let's <laughs> let's save that for later, and let's take a quick break here before we, uh, before we go any further. Welcome back. As we said before, our main topic for today is favorite sequel. So, Justin, what is your first honorable mention? Okay, before we get started here... I'm I'm giving a rule to myself. Oh my god, you and the rules. Well, because we're gonna do another episode of this, and I've already I've already decided. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Um, yes, we, and, we will and, do a sequel to the sequels. So I'm limiting to all my answers to just uh, movies, because otherwise this would have been a very long episode. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. There is plenty to talk about just with movies, and I and I agree with you. <laughs> in that regard so because I, I was like looking at video games i'm like oh my god this is this is not this is not fair mario party 7 yes <laughs> well but the thing is like well just one thing i'll touch on generally video game sequels are better than movie sequels because they generally like get better every game for the most part you can rely on them to improve almost yes. in every way yeah where you that's you, true you know what i mean it's just like i mean most times okay they didn't like these things so yep. we're just gonna do that, and you know, you know, it just it just it just makes more sense, regardless mm-hmm. of the story is good or not. But yeah. But anyways, aside from that, <laughs> um, my first honorable mention. Yeah. And I I, I I hope we have plenty of time for shoutouts in this, and I am debating. It's it's a superhero movie. Okay. I think I know what it is, but please tell me what superhero movie is your first honorable mention and the before i say what it is because i have i'm I'm actually deciding which one i'm going to say as i as i I talk right now (laughs) and in conclusion my honorable mention i did not number one okay but i I, i'm the answer is my answer i did not like this movie when i first saw it really okay so it took you a little while to appreciate it i needed to watch it again because it was uh kind of how i felt when i saw the last jedi the first time and then when i watched it again i'm like oh i get it now and we've talked about that and that could be a different podcast mm-hmm. but my answer if you haven't guessed it yet is the dark knight oh okay all right so you so you weren't a big fan of that when you first saw it no because it wasn't a batman movie 
Ah, uh, yes. He's very... It's funny because over the three films, he's less and less a part of the films. Mm-hmm. By the third film, he's just like a side character. Like, I love the, I love the Batman Begins. Like, mm-hmm. I love that movie. I'm like, oh, I like this take on Batman. I love yep. Lee Beeson as Roger Ghoul. I'm like, this is how Batman should be done. It's yep. got a sense of realism. The the villains make sense. The Sandman is kooky, but like... Or that's the it. second time you've called him the Sandman. He, Listeners, he... go back to that last episode where we talked about the Scarecrow. <laughs> the Scarecrow, sorry. He just uses sand when he does stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not sand. It's magic powder. <laughs> You know why I think the Sandman? Because I think he's a scary thing at night. And then the Sandman is like, I think of a Metallica song where they sing about the Sandman or something. Where you, where you enter the Sandman? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Metallica then, and, song where they sing about the Sandman. <laughs> Do you mean enter Sandman? <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Please go on. And I'm going to change it there. Have I told you what what, what I think those lyrics are in that song? Have I mentioned that before? Oh, wait. Should you save this for a possible episode of favorite misunderstood lyrics? I got to do it right now. I got to do it right now. And we can can bring it up later. Enter. So, eggs delight. Eggs delight? (laughs) Enter night. So, instead of exit light, you thought (laughs) eggs Delight. Delight. You're like, huh? I should ask my dad what that kind of dish is. Eggs delight. Well, I'm just like, is that well, like I, an eggs Benedict? Well, I just like, you know, I don't know. They're, I, they, they went. To, I was thinking like they're thinking of that before they go to bed. That's what I was thinking. Have you ever like, seen oh. the video for that? That's there's like literally like a Mack truck bearing down on a child, like <laughs> like running in the road, and you're thinking eggs delight. <laughs> That's anyway, really great. Anyways, oh. anyways, moving on. Um, so, so <laughs> dark, the dark night, the dark night is my honorable mention. What's your next? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it's it's a great movie. Once I watched it again, because um, me and Amber went to see it in the theaters, and I had this like, I don't know, I just had this like perception of what the movie was, and it was kind of like you saw the trailers and all that stuff, and then when you go to watch it, it's like wow, there's a lot of Joker in this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. I loved Heath Leather Joker. I loved uh, the way they handled uh, Two-Face. I mean, I maybe the only gripe I have about that, he wasn't, wasn't Two-Face for long enough. Yeah. But um, but everything about that movie is just, like, perfect. And I've been actually, they've been, I think they re-released it. They brought it to Netflix again. So I've been seeing, like, clips here and there uh, of, like, the scenes from that movie, and it actually kind of makes me want to watch it again. But it's just, it's such a, it's a, it's what a sequel should be. You know what I mean? It, it like, it, yep. it pro- yep. progresses the character. It makes Batman change. Even though he's not a huge part of it, it really changes him. Yep. He, and, made, he, has, to, he has to make that choice, you know? He makes the choice to to step outside of bounds, right? Like, by, by using the uh, cell phone technology to basically have surveillance over all of Gotham. Yep. Right. It's like a very big brother kind of question. Like I can, I can use this technology. Um, it's wrong to use it. It's morally wrong, mm-hmm. but it will help me defeat this villain who is worse. Yep. It's, and it's he, that kind of gray area. Yeah. It's great. And more, and like everyone in that, everyone in that movie is like performs it so well. Like Morgan Freeman is great with him, with him help, like, you know, hating that choice, but helping him still. Yep. And, 
uh, Alfred just like I, I love their their casting of all of the characters. They, they recasted the girlfriend though, right? Yeah, Rachel was recasted from um, what's her name, Katie Holmes, and then they got um, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal instead. Mm-hmm. And I think she I think she was fine. She was fine. She I really liked her and um, Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent. Their kind of play back and forth when they were yeah, trying they, to bring they, down they the mob better. bosses. Yeah, that that I felt like was good chemistry. They in Katie Holmes is a fine actress, but she doesn't she still has kind of like the teen Dawson's Creek kind of patina on her. Yeah. Whereas Maggie Gyllenhaal, I buy her as like an assistant DA working with, you know, Aaron Eckhart or um Harvey Dent to bring down the mob. Like that that made sense. That storyline was good. It felt like every character had a purpose in that movie too. And that's like so rare for any any film, not just like a sequel. You know, mm-hmm. where where every character's storyline has a purpose and has a meaning that, like, intertwines with each other. Um, yep. Batman's, like, devotion to her clouds kind of his judgment, you know, and the Joker plays on that. You know, when he when he tells them, he's like, I'm going to tell you where both of them are. They're both being held captive, you know, with bombs about to go off. He's like, she's here and he's there, knowing full well that Batman was would immediately go for Rachel and he just switches them like that's like the epitome of the Joker, yep. uh, the Joker's character right there. It's yep. like, I'll, I'll tell you where they are and just giving you a little bit of misinformation. He did tell him, you know, he did tell him where they are. But just uh, misplacing the pronoun saying he is here and she is here. That was enough to like change the game and really like and that that changes Batman. As you were saying, like it really changes him as a character. Mm hmm. No, I mean, that was what that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I, I couldn't put it as an honorable mention. I knew we were going to talk about this, so let's okay. let's keep let's keep going. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have much else to say. You kind of like like you kind of nailed it home. I mean, I think in it, you know, just to put my little other ending to that comment is I think it does uh, help make uh, the third movie even uh, you know pr- you know resonate well too. I know people didn't like the third one as much. I, I yep. love the third one when I saw it personally. I mean, actually, when I it's funny when I walked out of the third one, I liked it more than Dark Knight, and <laughs> and that's just me first time seeing a movie. Like sometimes I need to watch a movie more than once to really truly get it. I don't know why. There is um, the spectacle of the theater that like lures you in, and you're like, you yep. know, it makes it makes you sometimes like things even even that you don't really like. You know, yep. you're like, oh, like you walk out, the popcorn was and delicious. I, you know, I think it's because it's like you in your mind, like, okay, I see the trailers, I have an idea of what to, what to expect. Like, I think I read there's an article out there, like people that actually know what happens like the movie better than people that don't. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't want to be spoiled, a spoiler actually makes you enjoy it more. Like, there's times I actually read, and you've done this too, I think. You've read what happened in the end and then watch it. And then yep. you're like, oh, that was, a, that was a, good. a good movie. It's a good movie, you know. Or just reading like a synopsis, like a quick, like a three, four sentence synopsis. Like this is what happens over the course of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, because sometimes if you I found that uh, if you're if you don't watch any trailers, if you try to avoid all the media for it, you kind of go in with expectations that may not necessarily be met. Yep. And and that can be really detrimental to your movie going experience. Sure. But with the with the Dark Knight, I was very excited to see Heath Ledger's performance, obviously, because I wasn't convinced, to tell you the truth, you know, mm-hmm. until until I saw it with my own eyes. And then I was like, 
that was a force to be reckoned with. Like that yeah. was amazing. It's just that was that was that, like it was the kind of film was like this wasn't just a good superhero film. Like this was like a great film, and that was a great character. And it's it's so of course it's like you know tinged with with tragedy because it's his last film, but it's like his magnum opus. It's like it's almost like he was proving to the world like look what I can do. It was like one of his la- it was the last thing he did. And I mean, before that, I had associated with him with like a Knight's Tale and Ten Things I Hate About You. I know, you know, like that's the that's the best I could say. And I was like, I didn't really like Heath Ledger. I didn't think he was a great actor. But then um, I know you could throw Bro- Brokeback Mountain in there too. But um, I didn't know about that actually. <laughs> it, it is a great film. It's a beautiful, like, looking film too. It's an Ang Lee movie, so it's visually stunning. But um, I, I just never associated him with that, with kind, that of kind of work. So, so it was, it was really, really, it was really, really surprising. surprising. Mm-hmm. Well, but what's yeah, your, yeah. what's your honorable next honorable mention, Paul? So I, um, I'm going to deviate a little, a little bit away from superhero, but I am dealing with the otherworldly, uh, in my honorable mention. And that is Terminator two judgment day. That was another one of mine. Uh, not, not. I wasn't going to bring it up today, but I was like on the cusp. Yeah, I, I, I had to really think. About, I love this movie. It was the first Terminator movie I saw. Um, I saw Term- the Terminator later on, and yeah, it's a great film. It's more like it's very similar to like the kind of jump between the movie Alien and Aliens. Alien, the first one, is very much like focused on like the uh, struggle between like Ripley and, you know, just this like a uh, survival and like one alien. It's very like almost claustrophobic. And that's kind of the Terminator with Sarah Connor, um, you know, just trying to escape the mm-hmm. T-800, the Arnold's character that's like hunting her down. Like, oh, it's like a mano a mano, like one-on-one kind of uh, storytelling, which is fine. Terminator two was like, yeah, that's good. But what happens when, you know, it's it's not it's not Sarah Connor we want. It's your it's your son. And your son is actually the key to the future, like we as we mentioned in the first one. But now he's alive, he's young and he's vulnerable. And you're and, and Sarah Connor, his mother, is like in a mental asylum. This is a perfect chance for Skynet, you know, like in the future to strike. And uh, every everything about it improved upon the original um just the, like storytelling, the scope, the effects, even. Um, I don't know if you remember the Sarah Connor, her dream when she sees the nuclear blast in oh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I that, remember. I mean, talk about like, not necessarily scarring yes. me for life, but certainly a movie moment that was there's, memorable. There's, there's, there's a, t- I mean, I want to just chime in here. There's a ton of scenes like that in that movie. Not just mm-hmm. that one that you're like, it makes you really like, wow, this is like, this is tough to watch, but I, I want to keep watching. Like there's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of like subtle, great things about that film. But um, uh, the, uh, it's the art when he, when he, obviously we've talked about this before, when he cuts into the arm, um, mm-hmm. you know, to show that he's an Android. Uh, it, and, and it's, it's such a tough scene to watch, but the other one that I remember uh, towards the end and uh, you know, is the, um, Oh, I don't. It's the, the 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 creator of of the AI, right? The the black guy. I can't remember. His yes, name. Um, Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson. That's him and his family that are watching when they when he yeah. rips off the, no, the I, arm. Yep. 
Yep. I love uh, I love that moment, by the way, because his family is reacting like a real family would. They're like screaming and like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Like they, but, they're like their reactions are like like they didn't even show them the special effects before they did it. And they're like, we'll just get their real reactions when Arnold rips off like a piece of his arm. Because <laughs> it, it sounded like somebody like like, yeah. holy shit, like that guy just ripped his arm off. Yeah. But, but no, the one scene at the end, towards the end, where he, where Miles, Dave, was it Miles Davis? Um, Miles Dyson. Miles yes. Dyson, but Miles Davis, whatever. Um, <laughs> when he different, sacrifices, different, different guy, yes. When, when he sacrifices himself. Yes, like, he's um, holding, yeah, he's holding the, like, the little that's control hard. switch. He, his breath is, like, really, like, really fast, really fast, like, really heavily, like, he's breathing really heavily, and all of a sudden, he, yep. like, when he realizes, Panting. Like, I'm going to do it, he just stops. Yep. And it's silent, and it's just like, oh. I'm like, man, that was just hard to watch. Like him making that like choice. Yeah, he tells because he get, he gets shot and he and he, he tells him to go on ahead and he he's holding like the kill switch well, of the, right. the explosion. Dying. Yeah, and he's he's like panting. They're like, huh, huh. you know, it's kind of like it's really disconcerting hearing him. And then when the like the uh, SWAT team's advancing in, yep. and he sees they see him and he sees them. He's like, I don't know how much longer I can hold this. And they're like. Get oh, out! Go. Like, oh, shit. It's and like one like, of those like, oh, shit. <laughs> they're like, thank you, dude. Thanks for letting us know. Um, and they make a point of saying, like, nobody was injured. You know, like, the, they got out. Uh, the building is destroyed. No no uh, SWAT team members were injured. <laughs> and it's like, thank you. Yes, we spared them. Thank I want to I want to I want to bring up our movie. <laughs> yes. <I know. laughs> and it also starred Butnik, by the way, from yep. Salute Your Shorts. I do remember as, that. Uh, John Connor's, you know, uh, friend. <laughs> <laughs> punk ass friend who, play, um, who plays video games <laughs> yes that's why he's gonna be good at at uh because he's playing mission control i believe the old you know arcade game anyways uh the, the one thing i want to mention the one scene that really like makes this movie for me there's a lot of subtle things on it and the t-1000 is great because he's basically a shapeshifter you know he can take on the appearance and the sound of anybody um, when um, John Connor is calling his foster parents, oh, I don't know if you remember this scene. The tough scene. And um, yeah, his, the foster mother answers Janelle, and she um, and, and uh, he, John Connor picks up like he's like something's weird. Like she's really nice on the phone, and they can hear the dog barking in the background. Mm-hmm. And uh, the and Arnold asks him, he's like, "What's the dog's name?" He's like, uh, "Max," and he says. Hey, Janelle, I hear Wolfie uh, barking. Is he okay? And you see the foster mother going, Wolfie's fine, honey. He's just fine. Where are you? And (laughs) in that moment, too, like she had just like impaled the foster father with like a knife arm (laughs) for saying something. (laughs) Yep. Now, because like I think, I mean, I got to watch this, I think, a lot younger than you because i remember watching this like right when it came out like i mean i don't yeah. eating nope. that much longer. <laughs> I, don't I had I don't the video, i had the super nintendo game when it came out but not uh not, yeah didn't see the movie my, my parents are just like yeah just close your eyes i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm not closing my eyes during this scene this seems pretty cool uh but no <laughs> but no good good choice i have to say yeah choice. yeah terminator 2 definitely a fun movie i i don't know Terminator Three, I I think is is like in retrospect when you look at all the other Terminators that have come out since then, it's not that bad. 
I've, I've, only seen, I've only seen four of them. I didn't. I didn't want to watch Genesis. I don't we, know why. We, we watched Rise of the Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines together. I believe. I think we, we went and saw that together we, in theaters. We were, we were very excited for it. Yes, we were. <laughs> we were very disappointed in the actor who played John Connor, though. We were like, really, this dirtbag? Yep. Okay, fine. <laughs> the, the, the the movie opened up with like i've been sleeping in the back of cars for years and we're like oh god oh, yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> didn't he like work at a pet store or something too or something weird no pet claire dane's character was a veterinarian and he broke in oh, the well, steal why right. why i remember this fucking detail i don't know <laughs> but he broke in to steal like painkillers and it was like hey they went to high school together, and then eventually they fall back in love. I don't know. That's it's so stupid. It's just a stupid movie. But like we mentioned before, we talked about this a while back. The ending was great. Uh, yeah, the idea that Judgment Day is inevitable. Like you can't, like even because because it takes place in a time where the U.S. and the Soviet Union or the in and Russia are not fighting a cold war. You know, so it is about like, well, how do we get missiles to launch at each other? Well. Skynet will just do it itself. Judgment Day is inevitable. It doesn't need like a you know the Cold War elements to to make it happen. Like oh, first strike and then they're gonna counter strike and that's what's gonna happen. No, it just it's just like no, the machines will take over. Judgment Day is inevitable. Mm. Well, I wonder what's gonna happen when the next one that comes out. <sighs> I mean, it's got Linda Hamilton in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll yep. see. So. All right, Justin, what about you? What's your next honorable mention? Okay, so a sequel is any movie in a series, right? It doesn't have to be the next one, right? It could be a third Yeah, one. it could be the third one. It could be the fifth one. Okay, so when I was looking into this research, I'm like, okay, sequel, sequel, sequel. What what one resident mean? I would never have thought of this when we first brought this up. But it is not only my favorite in the series, but my favorite sequel as well. Really? Um, Wait, are you giving me your favorite here, right here and now? Holy no. moly! Oh no, 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 no! It's like oh, you just you just favorite movie of the series of and the also franchise. favorite sequel. Okay, of of the franchise. My favorite, my favorite favorite is not this. <laughs> okay, what <laughs> but, what is your honorable mention here? <laughs> um, Harry Potter: The Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh man, that's a great one. That's like the. That, I mean, it's a great sequel. It's a it's that's, a perfect. Go ahead. That's the big change too, right? That's the big change from these are movies for kids to now kids are growing up and you know stuff gets real. Yep, but like not only just like I mean I understand it's following a, a book and the book is what makes that happen, but there's more to it than just like the story is really interesting uh, for that. But they changed directors, so the first two movies yes. were uh, Christopher Columbus. Yep, that's right. And who, uh, it, to, 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 he was a perfect choice for those two movies. I, I never liked them because of the, his cinematography was really, really poor. Like, it was very, like, I mean, if you watch it, and I remember noticing this when these came out, it's literally, he had no motion of a camera. It's just like, put camera here, tripod. Put camera here, tripod. It, there was no kind of, like, sense of, like, environment or atmosphere or anything like that. And that's because mm-hmm. you're working with younger kids. And you can't have these moving cameras, like, going crazy. You needed to have, like, a stationary camera to them to act out their scenes. And I get that completely. But when you move into 3, it's a completely different type of movie. And, I mean, it still has the mm-hmm. elements of 3 and all that, all, of Harry Potter. It doesn't feel It doesn't feel drastically different. 
but yeah. like they, they progress the characters in a good way. A lot of shit happens in it that really changes Harry and moves the story forward, which is pr- yep. primarily because of the books has amazing actors in it with Gary, uh, Gary, uh, I always mess the same up. Ullman, right. Gary Ullman, right. Yes. Uh, yes. Gary Ullman. Yep. I always say Coleman for some reason. I don't know why. Well, um, I, I can never remember his name. He's in so much stuff. We just mentioned him earlier in this episode. I know, and, and, and I couldn't mention his name until I thought about it. Like, I wanted to say, like, God, I know I know him. He's in The Dark Knight. He's in this. And then, yeah. like, oh, that's putting right. it he's together. Been, he's been I in three do... movies so far this episode. Yep. I think he's been in all the movies that we've mentioned so far. He's even in Terminator 2. What did he no, do? No, Terminator? I don't know. I'm joking. Huh? <laughs> He definitely, he definitely he's like bystander number three yes but. <laughs> he definitely was not in uh in dark city but anyways um but <laughs> he knew better <laughs> uh, anyways um but no it's just it's it's such a good sequel um i, I mean i love it out of all the ones and it, it actually like it kind of uh checks off a couple of favorite boxes for me too uh favorite movie about time travel which okay. I know we'll do an episode on. Fair just, enough. It's it's it, they handle it so well. Like I've never seen a movie that handles time travel per, so perfectly. Like you know, in a fictional sense. I mean, I get like time travel is yeah. hard to explain, but I just love how they just like, oh well, this is you know, because I got hit with a rock is why we did this thing, but because we did that, they were able to stop the thing that we were trying to stop. It just was really. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it it was great because it was small. It wasn't like we're going back in time to change these big things. It was like very small things. Yep. And the director, Alfonso Cuaron, has a very visual style to his directing. And I think yep. that's what makes that movie stand out in the series yep. as like the serious change. Like the Harry Potter series is worth watching from mm-hmm. that point forward. So, yeah, no, man, I totally agree. It's a great flick. And uh, the other box it checks, though, too, is favorite replacement of an actor. Like, I love their choice of Dumbledore moving forward. Yeah, like, you yeah, know I mean? he's I great. Mean, he's awesome. I mean, the original one fit the role perfectly, and I had no problem with it. He kind of felt a little old for that character, to be honest. Like, he just, like, had this, like, really raspy old voice. And I understand the guy passed away, and I feel bad. And he was well-known from Gladiator, because I think he was in that movie as well. Yes, he played Marcus Aurelius, the <laughs> emperor, at the very beginning. That, uh, what's his name, Joaquin Phoenix, kills to become mm-hmm. emperor himself. But, but uh, yes, I mean, I like, he's I a liked good actor. Him. I liked him, but I feel like Dumbledore needed to have a little more mobility in the later episode movies, anyway. So especially, I, I like yeah, him. especially in the books, yeah, for sure. He's he does stuff, you know, especially towards the end there. I couldn't imagine what was it? Is it in the Deathly Hallows Part One or in the? Um, uh, well, Half Blood Prince, where the, the one where he dies, where he goes with with with, with, yeah. with with Harry to the place where the Horcrux is hidden, and he has to do these tasks, and he has to drink that liquid. Remember from the little like uh, the little like well, whatever yeah. thing he has to drink. Like yeah, you need a not necessarily an old guy, but like a younger old guy to kind of yeah. do that. Well, just think about the end of the fifth movie. I mean, I know we're kind of jumping around the series now. Is like he mm-hmm. has the battle with Voldemort. You know, he like he does a lot of like. It's not like he's like extremely acrobatic, but and I'm sure there was some like some stunt double that helped with it. But like it just it worked. But any regardless, he just that movie really kind of changed the movie tone to make it. I think it, it worked to allow the audience to grow with it, just like the books did. And I, yeah. I really appreciated that they did that to allow that to happen. And that's why it's, it's one of my monorail mentions for favorite sequel, 
because it, it just sort of it helped progress the the series forward yeah no that's a great one man it's a it's a great flick and i feel like i like all of the movies from that movie forward mm-hmm. because i because i feel like quaron really like helped um i don't know helped mature the film series not necessarily like make it dark and gritty but but help mature it help helped it become like a more grounded film the first two are about like wonder and magic and you know a kid you know getting his wish wishes fulfilled you know like he's a kid under the stairs and then he gets to be he gets to come out he gets to be you know his own person and learns that he can make friends and all that stuff which is great and fine for the first two flicks but the third is where things do change and you needed a they needed a director to do that and Corona is perfect for it. So yeah, it's a great film. Good choice, man. Good mm-hmm. choice. So what, uh, what's your other honorable mention? One we can talk about for a little bit. We don't have to talk too, too long about it. Cause we mentioned it before. And that's the road warrior. It's the sequel to, to Mad Max. Um, I I've said this before, but I, it, it is, it improved upon the original in every way. Whereas Mad Max showed like a very, limited scope of what the apocalypse or like the of of society crumbling would look like the road warrior goes for lack of a better word balls out and is like (laughs) here here is what's happening you have a um what is it An, an enormous man in a hockey in a metal hockey mask wearing a thong uh proclaiming himself the lord humongous ruler of the wasteland surrounding an oil refinery uh, that's been heavily fortified by flamethrowers and, you know, uh, <laughs> archers, uh, d- declaring that he will give them safe passage through the wasteland as long as they would abandon their oil. Um, yeah, it, it really it sets the tone for the rest of the Mad Max series and that it's like the search for fuel. It's like get the fuel to keep going. And Max is is more of a side character. And it's the it's the beginning of that kind of storytelling, which they do really well in Fury Road. Um, whereas, you know, in the Road Warrior, he's, uh, you, you're very much, you, you, care about, you care about him and his dog. Sure, he's our protagonist. But you also care about the people that live in the, in the oil refinery and that they, you know, they want to get out. They want to survive. Um, and he's, he's basically offering them a chance to, or, or the help they need to get out. And he basically runs a big decoy mission uh, to uh, to do that. Um, it's 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 great. It's visually stunning. The chase scenes are great. They're they're compelling, and they it's on the uh, on the edge of your seat action. It's really great stuff. I mean, you've seen that flick, right? The Road Warrior. We watched it together, I believe. Uh, was it the Road Warrior or was it Thunderdome? It was Road Warrior, wasn't it? I get, I we get watch Road Warrior. Stuff. Yep. Okay. We watch Road Warrior together. No, and I, I like it. I, I, it doesn't resonate. I don't think it uh, sticks with me as much as it does with you. I, I can never remember it as well. Um, we, I think we were really drunk when we watched it too. But uh, we were, we were. <laughs> it was either we were, we were going to start watching heavy metal, and we we're like, no, let's watch something actually good. <laughs> we watched most of heavy metal, I think, and God, we watched. Phantasm that weekend too, I think. Oh gosh, yes, I was I was subjected to Phantasm. Thank you. It's such a good movie though. It's not a good movie. It's a good creepy horror movie. <laughs> no, it's not. Talk about a film that doesn't deserve a sequel. It did get like four of them, but okay. Did it really? 
Oh yeah, the sequel's even better. I love oh. the, the, the sequel. The sequel is how I like why I like that series. The first one's okay. Uh, but I, I like see. The but it's not one of my honorable mentions or honor shout outs at all. Like I just thought. <laughs> no man. But yeah. Road Warrior is great. That's where you get to see like Max at his finest, and he's like at his most badass. Um, and you get to see like the wild and crazy shit that happens in the outback. You know, when society crumbles, you've got like mohawked, uh, you know, soldiers wearing hockey pads attacking, you know, like a makeshift town in an oil refinery. It's fucking great. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so weird and very, it's very Australian. It's very Australian. And it, and it's very good that it is. I I wouldn't, I, I don't, I do not care what happens in the other parts of the world. All I care about in that universe is what happens to Australia oh, and Max. Because yeah. the rest of the world is just Waterworld. And that's where Kevin Costner lives. Well, you know, the beginning of the World Warrior begins with, like, the world was engulfed in flames. And I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. I don't care about anything else. Tell me what's going on with Max. But no, don't, wouldn't you love that, though? The crossover you didn't know you needed? Waterworld versus Cross Mad Max? I don't know how Australia would survive. But sure, <laughs> yes. Everything but Australia sinks beneath the waves. Fine with me. Kevin Costner meets Mel Gibson. <laughs> I don't um, think you can do that movie now, but maybe 15 years ago it would have been a great sequel. But I, I feel like we could go on and on with all the mentions, but uh, I feel like we need to move into our favorites soon. But can I do a couple shout-outs? Is that cool? Uh, that That's fine. I do have one more honorable mention I want to talk about. Okay. Just, just quickly, but it's more because of a personal story I have with it. But please... Give me some of your shout-outs. Well, what else my, would you other, like to... my, my other honorable mention, I feel like we could spend a whole episode on, and I, I just I just need to bring it up because it's not in my favorites, and I, I didn't make the list, and that's Two Towers, Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I, mean, I, I shout out all of those sequels. I don't really count them as sequels, though. It's I, hard, Because right? I feel like they were like one movie, you know? Yeah, no, but, you're right. But that's why but I'm I, not spending I, a lot of time enough. on it, you know? But it's, mm -hmm. it's a very good sequel, though. I mean, I know they filmed it all at once, but it's a great sequel yep. to a, a movie. You know, it's like uh, I had to bring that up. Mm -hmm. What is the other thing you wanted to mention? Well, um, you're, I was going to shout out The Dark Knight earlier, but I will shout out Star Trek to The Wrath of Khan. I thought you'd bring this up. <laughs> because it, it's, it's just a great film. It's just a great movie on its own. It doesn't necessarily matter that it's Star Trek 2. It could just be Star Trek The Wrath of Khan and it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a it's an excellent movie. It's it's like watching a submarine battle, and it, it like it gives you all the elements of Star Trek that you love, um, and it gives you great compelling characters. Mm -hmm. I would also like to shout out The Godfather Part Two. I've never seen The Godfather. Any not of them? Single, not a single one. Oh my gosh! Well, the, the the first Godfather is 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 a great film. It was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Oh, I know. Won like th it won like three Oscars. Godfather Part Two. Same thing, nominated for a bunch, but won like six of them. Uh, it's a, it's an, it's a great story because it shows like what happens, like because the Godfather, the first one is is all about this kind of like old fashioned, like here's what it's like to be a mobster basically in New York at this time. The Godfather Part Two is part flashback though because you have um the 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 original Godfather like him becoming the Godfather in flashback scenes. And then um, Al Pacino as Michael Corleone, 
coming into his own as boss of the current family and dealing with like the kind of moral gray issue, gray areas of, uh, of trying to do that in a more modern sense. It's a, it's just a great movie. Like I, I know that people, people like those movies for the wrong reasons. I think that because they, some people will watch, they'd be like, I want to live like that. They're like, no, you're missing the whole point. But like, the, the whole point is nobody should live like this. Like, this is terrible because what it, it ends in death and destruction, no yeah. matter what. Um, no, but I, I would, I, I would recommend. Like, maybe we should watch this together. We should watch the Godfather <laughs> flicks. I, I have not seen the third one all the way through. I've seen it in parts. It's, it's kind of unbearable to watch as a film. But I heard it was really bad. But the first and the second ones are excellent. It just says. Just as film, even if you don't care about mafioso mobster stuff, um, they're just really, really good films. Um, there is one more I want to bring up because I had mentioned there was two superhero f- movies I wanted to mention. Was this a uh, captain of some kind? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winter Soldier. This is honestly the yeah, one I thought you were going to bring up as your first honorable mention. I, but... I, I was, I was, I was flipping back and forth, but Dark Knight just is such a better movie than Winter Soldier. It is. Winter Soldier is great though. Yeah, it, it's a great it, sequel. It really kind of builds. It, it's a better one than the first one. I love the first one, uh, Captain America, even though it's campy and. Has, that's and that's what it's supposed to be, though, right? You yeah. know, like the 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 first Avenger. That's what it's supposed to be, like an, an origin story and fun, and you get to see him and his character grow. But the second one is about him and again those like gray areas of uh, what it means to be a superhero. Like what, 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 what toll does that take on people around you? And it, and honestly, it leads well into civil war. The more I think about it, yep. it's a good lead into uh, civil war, which leads into the infinity like you, saga. Yeah. Yep. It, it should be just called Captain America three. The, I mean, it should, it, they, they, they emphasize on civil war way too much in that title. Yeah. But, I feel like they should have called it like. I don't know, domestic dispute or something <laughs> because that's what it is. But it's between him and Tony Stark. Like that's what it boils down to. Um, they could have called it anything else other than civil war, but they were, they were trying to use the names from the comics themselves. And I understand that, but um, because they're but they, cool names, but, but, what, but the otherwise. thing about the one, one thing I want to say before we can move on uh, is just the one thing about that film winter soldier. First off, when I saw that movie, I had only slept two hours prior. So I was very tired. And okay. I, uh, when I saw prime movie, movie watching, yeah, I was in theaters and like the whole boat scene was blurry. Cause I couldn't see and <laughs> your eyes literally couldn't focus <laughs> and, and you'll, you'll appreciate this. And we'll probably talk about this game in a different episode, but that's what the first night I had played Lords of Waterdeep and I played <laughs> six games of that freaking game and six yeah, games of it you row, played in a row. Yeah. Jeepers with five people, mind you. In the wow. game, yeah, it wow. was intense. But anyways, I was very tired. <laughs> well, kudos to you for going and seeing a movie after that. Well, um, it, it was our first like weekend after having Callista. Like we were like we're free, and we're like we're gonna do a million things, and uh, yeah, so that happened. They turned into six things consecutively <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> the same thing. But um, one thing I wanted to say is that that movie modernized Captain America. Like it just sort of like brought yes. him into yep. the uh, a modern event. Like uh, uh, even though like the end of the because he was a uh, you know from the past, but he really truly 
like it shows him coming part of like the modern ver- world. So therefore, it just his character seemed to make sense later on. You know, it's like he he didn't have that whole like I don't understand that reference mentality. Kind of brought him into the fold, and him meeting mm-hmm. the Falcon and all that stuff. It's just everything just worked well in that movie. You know, it just was such a good good awesome film. But yeah, oh, great, great. I um. I just want to briefly mention this is this it's is like kind the, of an honorable the, the, the never ending honorable mention show. I know, I know. This is the last <laughs> thing, but I have to talk about Evil Dead Two. Okay, Dead by yeah. Dawn. Don't forget the subtitle, Dead by Dawn, um, because you have the uh, mother of the uh, female lead in the story screaming, "Dead by Dawn! Dead by Dawn! Dead by Dawn!" Okay, uh, which is great. I, I only have one thing to say about it. It's a great film. In the first 10 minutes of the movie, they retell the first movie. They just, like, do it over again, basically. <laughs> but uh, I was in a public speaking class, and they asked us to bring in or to uh, give a speech about someone you felt was your hero. <laughs> and, and I thought at, at that time, as a sophomore in college, I was like, my hero is Bruce Campbell. And I had just met him, actually. This, like the uh, semester before that at a Borders bookstore in Syracuse, New York, That's where funny. he was signing his autobiography. I bought his book and I got to talk to him for maybe two and a half minutes. And he was great. And I, uh, at the, at the, in this public speaking ca- class, they were like, okay, you're going to do a speech about your favorite or your, your hero. So I was like, I'm going to do Bruce Campbell. I'm going to say he's the working man's actor. He's, you know, he's He's the B. He's the B movie actor that everybody you know should aspire to be. Um, so I pick out a clip from Evil Dead Two uh, <laughs> to show the class, and I want I want to like give him. I'm I'm really just trolling this class. I'm just trying to like see what I can get away with. So the the scene I chose is the is the scene where like after the. Um, the demon gets in his hand and his hand goes bad. And then he cuts his hand off with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very graphic. I mean, he's, he's yelling, who's laughing now as he's cutting his, his own hand off with a chainsaw and blood is like, so you're showing this all over his plate. You're showing this. So part of the movie? that's the, that's the part of the movie I'm showing to the class. Now it, uh, to give this speech, however, to, to do this presentation, it's on a voluntary basis. So it's like, okay, who wants to go next? Who wants to go next? The, the professor is asking. This guy's name was Peter Hun. We called him Peter the Hun because, I don't okay. know, it just seemed to make sense. He was a very, very funny guy. But um, this professor tells us, you know, he, he says, like, who would like to go next? And I raise my hand, and another guy raises his hand at the exact same time. And being the courteous fellow that I was, I said, you can go ahead, dude. The guy gets up, gives his speech. He says his hero is his grandfather. His grandfather is a man who lost three fingers in a oh chainsaw my. accident. Oh, oh my God. He was a, I don't know, guy who cuts down trees for a living. Lost three fingers in a chainsaw accident. Does his whole speech about why this man is his hero. And then the professor looks at me and he's like, well, Paul, are you ready to come up? And without flinching, I'm like, yes, I am. Oh, my I God. I come in and I play the, 
I play the clip of him cutting off his hand with a chainsaw. What did the guy, did anyone, did anyone? The professor's notes afterwards to me were, please make sure to warn your audience if you have anything over a PG rating that you're showing the class. Otherwise, decent presentation. I, I put a lot of work into that presentation. I talked about Bruce Campbell, like his life as an actor. And I, and I was like, here is a sample of his acting. And then I showed that clip as we were walking out because I had a few friends in that, in that, in that class. They were like, Jesus Christ, we didn't think you would actually go through with it. I actually press play on the, on the VCR to tell you just did, how uh, old this what did, was. Uh, what did, uh, what's his name? The Hun said anything. Well, that was what he said. He, that was his, uh, Peter, the Huns, uh, notes afterwards was like, you might want to warn your audience if you have R rated material oh, in he, a clip. Oh, you're the, showing. Oh, oh, the professor is Peter, the Hun. Yes, he's the he's the he's the he's the Hun, Peter the Hun. Oh, okay. He's the professor. But there, there's a guy. I, thought I don't guy. I don't know who the kid was who. I thought he. I thought, uh, who, I thought his he, grandfather thought he, <laughs> tragically <laughs> lost his fingers in a chainsaw accident. <laughs> but you could not have you could not write that kind of shit. Like, who would have saw that coming? Oh my gosh! And okay. everybody oh. looked at me because like the 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 two or three friends that I had in the class knew what clip I was going to show, mm-hmm. and they were like are you going to do it? I'm like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. This is my whole presentation. <laughs> well, uh, well, on that note, I think, <laughs> I think we meant to move on. We might need to take a break here. <laughs> let's, let's, let's cool our jets for a little while. <laughs> Hello there. Yes. You have you checked out our Patreon yet? It's got all sorts of fun stuff. That's right. There's a tier out there for everyone. At the two, five, and ten dollar levels, you can support the show and get perks like suggesting topics for us, submitting questions for us to answer on the air, early access to episodes, ad-free episodes, and even monthly Patreon exclusive episodes. A little help from our listeners will help us do more great stuff. So check us out on Patreon.com/slash/PlayingFavorites. Of course, there are other ways to support us. You could follow us on Twitter at PlayFavePodcast. You can subscribe, uh, as well as give us an amazing review on iTunes or Spotify. And of course, share us with your friends and family. We're trying to create a community, and we want you to be a part. So come join us, and let's all play favorites together. And we're back. Now is our time to get into our favorites for favorite sequel. So Justin, won't you tell me what your favorite sequel is? Don't you already know the answer to this? <laughs> <laughs> it's The Last Jedi, isn't it? Well, that would be my my sequel to my favorite sequel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Say it. Say it. <laughs> okay, Green Goblin. Um, <laughs> Thank you for the reference. It's, it's Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> when will um, we talk about Willem Dafoe? We did. We talked, about, we talked about Boondog Saints, I think, at one point, didn't we? Oh, gross. Sorry. <laughs> Any, um, so, yes, What's your my, favorite? Fa- my favorite sequel is from the favorite movie franchise of all time for me. And uh, mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, it's, obvi- it's an obvious answer. Look Such my, a good movie. Such it, a good movie. You look at my Twitter handle, all that lovely stuff. I, I, liked, mm-hmm. I, am, I am the Star Wars, even though you are... You, <laughs> Technically, I was the Star Wars. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, listeners, at the on the eve of the premiere of what was it, episode two or three. episode three? It was it episode three? Wow. It was three because it was me. It was me, you, and my friend Ryan, who I no longer talk to. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I just I don't he mo- I don't I don't know where he is. I don't lost know how to touch. Yes, <laughs> lost touch. Don't wish him any specific harm. Good friend. Hope he's doing well. He's just, you know, this fun, fun college friend that I don't no longer, no longer know how to get a hold of. But anyways, yeah, we, I, I dressed up as a, I think a, a gun. No, he was a gungan. He was a, he, gun, he, was, the, he was, he was new, gun, a, new, new yes, gun ray. He, he had a new gun ray mask. What were you dressed up as? A Sith Lord? Yeah, I think I was just. Yeah, the, you were like the, the emperor. Weird, the weird emperor thing. It was like us like cobbling together costumes. Exactly. So I took what was left, <laughs> which was like a brown cloak. Yep. A, a black curly haired wig. It's for um, a, Howard Stern, a Howard Stern. Costume. A Howard Stern wig, yes. And then Anakin's pod racing helmet and goggles. That was my my brother. That was like eight yep. years old. <laughs> the tiny like mask. I put it on and I proclaimed, "I am the Star Wars." But no, you had right. a weird. You had a weird like 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 twang to it. Like I'm, I'm the, the Star Wars. Wars. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, if, if if anybody watched Space Ghost Coast to Coast, I was imitating uh, the guy from Green Jelly who was called 100% Stupid. Was his name 100% Stupid? So I was like, I am instead of I'm 100% Stupid. I'm like, I'm the Star Wars. So ask me any question you have about the Star Wars. I, I obviously love that phrase. It's been an inside joke forever. So when it came to making my PlayStation name on 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 Sony. I'm like I don't know what to put on here. Like I I don't know what to make my name. I mean like I I, I guess th- I mean I put you know S- Star Wars and didn't work and I put some other thing and didn't work. I'm like how about the Star Wars? That that'd be cool if I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and I I get it with everything. I got I, I mean the only thing with Twitter I had even a Z instead of an S. But like everything else, it's like the Star Wars for everything I have. <laughs> I feel like the Z is a natural <laughs> progression of that anyway. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, my honorable mention, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. I mean, and I, I actually really try to think really hard on this because, like, I, I kind of was trying not to make it my favorite for some reason, just because it's such an obvious pick for me. Yeah. But like, um, it, 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 and it's hard because it's like, like you, like you mentioned with Two Towers. I feel like Empire Strikes Back, though it is a sequel because it didn't have any kind of like. There was nothing to follow. It was it was its own thing. There was no book. It was you know kind of going along the paces with. Uh, it is just uh, a. I think it's what really started as what sequels became. Like you know, it it is the true first sequel in my mind. Cause you didn't really have a lot of sequels hmm. prior to that. Think about it for a second. The only other really sequel or franchise was Planet of the Apes, which shout out by the way is the Planet of the Apes sequels. Oh yes. But, but besides that, there wasn't really anything else that really blew up or uh, was a really great like next step in that direction. I mean, maybe the Godfather, like you mentioned, because that was around that time. But um, but yeah, there's it, not- it, it was. It, but the the Godfather wasn't like oh like this is gonna un, like uh, explain so many things about the past and no, it, it wasn't about um, it wasn't anything to do with like. Uh, you know, progressing really the the story in a way that um, was only alluded to in the first movie. Whereas the Empire Strikes Back is all about like paying off who's Luke's father. You know, what were you know 
what were the Clone Wars? What were what was the how, how did these characters get to this point, and what happens after you destroy you know the Emperor's big weapon? Yeah. You know? And here's like, the thing, like, I mean, I, I really wish, you know, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, I wish I was in that position uh, when epi- when the first Star Wars movie came out. M- maybe not. I'm not sure. But, like, I, that feeling of, like, waiting three years to see what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when I, you know, I, I, both of us kind of got into Star Wars a lot later. And I feel like I already knew that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father before seeing the movie. Like, yeah. I mean, I kinda, you kind of had hints of that. But like even still, like like we mentioned, like you being spoiled by something doesn't diminish the quality of that movie and and, and the things that happen. And there's just so many things that are so different from that first film, but they they progress it forward. You know what I mean? I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And, and and it's funny to think about it that way that it is really kind of like the first modern sequel because it it, it takes the story and. Uh, in a direction that most people don't expect and it and it gives context for the world and it gives and it and it like pushes it it, it does like the 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 job of world building because mm-hmm. we know a little bit more by the end of the movie but there are still questions we have and with like things we want to see re- resolved obviously like at the end of empire you want to see luke confront vader again you know what's going to happen Mm-hmm. But it's like their confrontation for the first time is not how you think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, you think like, okay, Luke's Luke's been trained. He's prepared. He's going to fight him. And then he finds out this truth and basically like gives up. You know, it's it's too much. And he wasn't ready. No, no, he wasn't ready. And that's what I think is great about that is, is it's it's a lot about like how to deal with failure, you know. It sounds a lot like you're talking about The Last Jedi. No, go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things you're saying. It, 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 it was trying moment. to do those things, and it was. <laughs> so don't tarnish. Don't tarnish your your excellent choice for your favorite with. Uh... Well, I said that the Last Jedi was the sequel to my favorite sequel well okay so it was the force awakens and so it was rise of skywalker I, I they're all like sequels in my so it was episode two but I, <laughs> I like the last jedi second in my list of star wars movies but anyways um and i just make a mistake episode two technically isn't a sequel but um it certainly came after it was, was informed it, by it is a sequel well it is a sequel to episode one technically so it is a yes sequel, in a weird okay. way very good. It's a prequel, but a sequel. Mm, I don't know which one I which which one can I sit through the longest? The Last Jedi or? Oh come on! Uh, you can't you cannot Attack say the, the last... clones. Okay, come on! Really? You're really gonna make that question? You're gonna really debate that? I thought I thought we I thought we we worked this out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you I thought you understood. Nope. <laughs> you told me you made a 180. <laughs> I didn't anyways. make. Well, I made the 180, then I kept going, and I've made a complete 360 back to where I started, and that I don't. I feel like, anyways, anyways. I think that I, I think the third pre the third sequel, Rise of Skywalker, is has a lot has has its work cut out for it to make a coherent story, uh, and an ending to the Skywalker series. But yeah, anyways, a great choice though. Empire Strikes Back. 
even the special <laughs> even the special edition of Empire Strikes Back is not bad. They don't change anything. They add some things. They, what they do change is the look of the Emperor when Darth when Darth Vader is uh, which, communicating with him, which is I fine. Because it's, it's, it's the right actor, you know. I mean, it's the it's yeah. The, it's it's not a woman's voice, and it's not a a weird like dude with like a, a giant eye and a little eye. Like I don't know what the hell. Yeah, it's just they try to go with a deformed thing, but like, and plus, I think they they adjust the dialogue of that scene to kind of connect it to the prequels a little bit more. It mm-hmm. actually makes it make sense. They kind of reference Sky, like this, they they reference like Skywalker a little bit more in detail. I can't yeah. remember. I just remember noticing that dialogue was changed a little bit. Oh, was um, it really? I didn't know that 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 the dialogue was changed. Yeah, no. Hmm. Uh, you know, what's his um, James Earl Jones? He, he recorded a couple new lines just for that scene, and obviously Ian McDormand did the, did the scene as well. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, they, they there's a couple line changes in that scene. Um, it's interesting if you go back to it and compare the two. Um, but the other thing they added was the Wampa, uh, which I was fine with that. I had no yeah. problem. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's whatever. But I mean, sure. you know, besides, aside from that, I mean, it's just, you know, that, that movie is just perfect. It, like, you know, I, I don't want to go on too long with it. And I think we both agree with it, but it's just, it's just a great sequel. And um, I, I I love that fight with Vader. That's like probably one of my favorite fight scenes with, with yeah. in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. It's very um, contemplative, like them fighting in the uh, carbonite chamber there. You get to you get to see like they're like testing each other out. It's it's yep. very it's very good. It's a well, very underrated kind of fight scene too. Well, and it's just more like the setting of that fight scene too. Yep. It wasn't just the fight itself. I mean, you have like these like crazy battles and uh, the the prequel movies that are are pretty cool. Like you know, we could say that you know McGregor's fight with Darth Maul is amazing, mm-hmm. but um, but like the setting, it wasn't as compelling as Empire Strikes Back. Like a lot of those the, scenes. The, cloud city like when when luke finds out the truth he chooses to just jump you know mm-hmm. take his chances and just jump down into this abyss mm-hmm. then then face who he knows now is possibly his father yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's great it's a great and 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 it's it does what a sequel should do and that's like the beginning of like a the three-part structure you know of movies like that because it doesn't resolve like it ends in a way that like leaves you like but but what but what happens next you yeah. know it just w- makes you want more mm-hmm. you want to know what happens to han you want to know you know what happens to the rebellion you want to know what happens to luke and leia but yeah you're left with this like yeah luke's hand is replaced but he just learned a terrible truth and he's got like some ghosts uh ghosts to uh deal with but mm-hmm. yeah Definitely. And, you know, Definitely. Yep. And uh, okay, so what is your? I don't. I can't. I'm trying to guess yours. And <laughs> we already You're said not Ra- gonna guess. You, you said Rathacon already. Um, yep. We talked about the Road Warrior. We and, talked to Evil Dead Two and yeah, Terminator Two. I know you've mentioned every single thing that I I know about. The only other, the only other thing I want to shout out, technically because it's a sequel, is a TV series, Deep Space Nine, sequel oh God, to the original it. series. <laughs> <laughs> that's as much as i want to talk about it okay. my favorite sequel though justin is national lampoon's christmas vacation okay all right all it right. is 
the best Christmas movie ever made. One of the best comedy movies ever made. Well, Christmas movie debatable, but maybe one of the better comedies. Oh, oh, what do you what do you got to to come against Christmas Vacation? What do you got? The best. That's what I thought. That's what the, I thought. The, the best Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. You can't top that. Oh, no, dude. you got to go back and watch Christmas no, Vacation. No, when was the last time you saw Christmas Vacation? Like 15 years ago. Well, for fuck's sake, man. Because this is... But I don't have a desire to watch it again. I, just, I have Christmas Story. <laughs> no, Christmas Story is fine. It's a great movie. But Christmas Vacation is packed with jokes. Oh, I know packed it is. Packed to the brim. And so many of them I didn't understand as a child because this is a movie I've watched since I was like like 11 or 12. And as I, you know, get older, these jokes keep getting more and more relevant. Uh, my favorite by far, the, my favorite characters by far are the are the two old people, um, Aunt Bethany and uh, what's his name? Her her husband there that they're they're like ancient and at, at dinner, they ask her, since she's the oldest person, they ask her to say grace. They're like, uh, Grace, can you say grace? And she's like, Grace? Grace died 30 years ago. <laughs> and <laughs> her husband turns to her and he, and he goes like, the blessing, say the blessing. And she starts saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And they all just start, they just go along with it. Yep, I and fucking that. Randy Quaid gets up as Cousin Eddie and, he's, and he puts his hand on his heart and <laughs> he stands up for the Pledge of Allegiance. And then as soon as they're about to, like the dinner scene is, is amazing. It's just one joke after another. That, that movie is packed with such funny no, scenes. I remember loving that movie. It's been a while, I have to say. And I saw it on a list of sequels and I appreciate your pick. I, I, I love it. It's a good pick. I'm surprised. But it, it is, is it is one of my favorite movie. movies ever. Because really. I don't really, I don't really remember. I mean, I've seen the first National Lampoon's Vacation, but it's it's nowhere near as good as the Christmas one. Yeah, the first one is okay. Christmas, uh, just National Lampoon's Vacation, and then um, what's it? European Vacation is the second one that comes out, and then Christmas Vacation. Oh, is European the third. was second. I didn't know there yeah. was another yeah. one. European Vacation is okay, and it has the same characters from the first, the same uh, actors and actresses from the first, um, uh, what's it, National Lampoon's uh, Vacation, I guess. Um, but Christmas Vacation, the actresses and actors change. You have Juliette Lewis, actually, as the daughter in this one, and uh, Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase, obviously, and Randy Quaid, freaking Randy Quaid, man. Yeah. Every time Cousin Eddie is on the screen in this movie, it is the best. Yeah. There is there there is a moment where it's just him and Clark, and and Clark is asking him about his like his kids, and he's like, ah, my oldest is uh, thinking about his career, and Clark goes, uh, oh, college. He's like, uh, carnival. Uh, he's got a job right now, barking for the goat lady. You ever see the goat lady? <laughs> and Chevy Chase is like, can't say that I have. Well, she's got, you know, she's got these two old, two big old horns growing out of her. She's ugly as sin, but a hell of a cook. (laughs) And you're like, you know, these scenes just go by. You're like, what the hell? I just remember the cat getting fried or dying or something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's part of that, that, that elaborate dinner scene. Like, 
the turkey. They take the turkey out of the oven, and it's uh, and, and and Clark is about to. Uh, is this is after they say the pledge of allegiance for the grace? Mm-hmm. And uh, cousin Eddie goes, "Save the neck for me, Clark." And as soon as he cuts into it, the turkey just like it like cracks up in smoke. It's yeah. so overcooked, and he goes, and he's like the the cousin Eddie's wife is just like crying. She's like, "I knew we put it in too early." <laughs> He's like, it's just a little dry. Oh, here's the heart. <laughs> uh, the, the, it culminates in the cat getting electrocuted and the tree, the Christmas tree, going up in flames. Yep, yep, remember that. Oh, God, that movie is so good. It is, it, to me, it is the epitome of a Christmas movie because it shows the horror of dealing with relatives at Christmas. And <laughs> it like, guess- nails it on the head. See, that's the thing. I feel like that's why it, it doesn't click with me as much because I didn't really deal with relatives on Christmas ever. Oh, wow! It was ever it was ever a thing for me. I because we just we just stayed in my house and we just I hung out with my own parents. That's it. We're Christmas oh. stories. Christmas stories kind of like that. So like this is this is very much like my family in that uh, in laws in laws like my grandparents would show up mm-hmm. on both sides. And then it was like all the aunts and uncles and all the cousins. And it was like trying to manage this because my parents always hosted these, these kinds of family get togethers. And I was just like watching this. I was like this, these people get it. Mm -hmm. They understand what it's like to deal with a terrible Christmas, (laughs) just like dealing with family that you can barely stomach. It's, uh, it's, it's really great. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Do you still have to do the family gatherings for Christmas, or do you stay home now? Um, we've done it. Uh, uh, we've done the staying home a couple times, you know, for for holidays, and uh, it's it's so freaking nice. It's so yeah. nice to be like we're just we're just doing our own family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Though I do feel bad. Part of me feels guilty, even though we 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 were never subjected to Aunt uh, Beverly's uh, Jello with dry cat food in it. As in uh, <laughs> Christmas vacation, but but there have, there have been plenty of disgusting things passed around the dinner table that I've had to take a bite of to be like, oh, this was good. Thank you for bringing it. Oh, see, we we've convinced our family to like you don't have to do everything on Christmas Day. So like we'll do we, this last year we did one the weekend before with my mother in law. We did our own Christmas and then we went to my mom's house the weekend after. It was now we had like a week of Christmas. <laughs> you see, I I like that. I you know, and my parents and my in laws have both said like it doesn't matter what day it is as long as we celebrate together somehow. Yeah. In some way. Yep. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, yep. thank you. Thank and then, you. And then there there's no die, dying cats and and <laughs> no cats being electrocuted and no. <laughs> yep. Oh man, that's a good good pick. A very surprising pick. I'm glad we brought some comedy in there. I I, I couldn't think of really comedy sequels. I I, I briefly thought of uh, the sequel to Austin Powers. That's a great sequel, by the way. Well, it is. The second one is really good. And Goldmember is a little too much, but I miss. I actually skipped out on Goldmember. I never saw it. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good with the first two. Just mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't have any desire to see a third one. Uh, I thought like they couldn't really top the second one. I mean, the second first one's one, good. Yeah, the second one's great. But I could felt I felt they were going too crazy. But you know. Yeah. yeah. First one first one is excellent. First one is like perfect in terms of tone and like the yeah. kind of parody that it is. 
Well, it had a good sort of like, you know, for that kind of movie, a good story to it. It actually like, yeah, had, like made uh, sense. Made sense. Yeah, It wasn't just like I'm in a James Bond movie that's crazy and I have a new person here and it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's funny. But like, you know, it was it, at least the first one had like a beginning, you know, middle and an end. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, crazy. Yep. But um, yep. but yeah, but no, uh, good pick. But I, I think we are good with sequels. I'm sure we'll come back yes. to it because there's always sequels coming out. Yeah, well, yes, yes. Maybe, I think maybe, this is definitely a topic we're going to be revisiting. Maybe Rise of the Sky, Skywalker will be my new favorite sequel. Let's see. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. It probably will be for like three weeks. Yeah, after the movie comes out. <laughs> no, I'll and hate then, it. I'll, I'll, hate, then I'll drag I'll hate it when, you down to re- to reality. No, uh, I'll hate. I'll hate it. Like when I first see it, you'll love it. But then I'll just... <laughs> and then it'll switch by the time <laughs> we talk to each other. <laughs> I will leave our listeners with one last quote from Christmas Vacation. Oh, Merry okay. Christmas. The shitter was full. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Fucking um, Randy Quaid, man. I wish he didn't go crazy. I wish he was still doing comedy movies. <laughs> He's like on the lamb in Canada right now from the, from U.S. I don't know. Oh, police. Okay. Well, anyways. Uh, uh, let's, uh, let's tell everyone what we're going to be doing next week. Would you like to do the honors? Sure. Next week's topic is going to be favorite flop, favorite thing that whether it was critically success, uh, success or commercially success, but wasn't for, for whatever reason didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. Your favorite TV. flop. Really, like a video game that just didn't do well, a uh, TV show. Uh, I don't really think uh, albums and books really fall in this category, but maybe they do. Who knows? Um, I think I can think of one book that's a flop that I will never mention again, and that's the sequel to To Killing Mo- To Kill a Mockingbird. There was a Do you know about to, this? There was a sequel. Yeah. You, you see, it's um, and it's called uh, uh, what's it? Fetch a Watchman or something? Go Go Set a Watchman or something like that. And I really feel like it was the publishers like pressuring Harper Lee to make a sequel. And in it, she basically destroys the integrity of all characters, including Atticus Finch. No. So it makes the it makes the book like you're like why why was this why was this done? But anyways, yes, uh, we'll, we'll probably stay away from that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we felt we 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 did a lot of video games, but you know, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of good movies that no one no one watched, like Dark City, and. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I'll no, thank you for our lovely episode today, Paul. Um, oh, thank you too, Justin. I appreciate. <laughs> it. <laughs> so this has been playing favorites. I'm Justin, and I'm Paul. See you next week. Let's do it again. <laughs>